exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of another Loving That Sports Talk. Like I said, everyone is a great show, so that's what I love about this, you know. Get to talk to great people, get to get great opinions. Just, just, I mean, just so excited, you know. I'm a guest, you know. I'm always on the show and faithful, you know. Hosting the show with me, Terry Jackson. How you there, Terry? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. How you doing today? Good. Good. This Terry or Ross, who we got? Hello? Say again? This, hello? Hello, can you hear me, James? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I didn't hear what you said. Okay. Well, Terry, we got a great guest um, that's on the show today. We're going to have a um, young gentleman. I had fortune enough to play in junior college, and now he's coaching. And that's basically what we really want. We want to get a coach on the show, Terry, to see what his perspective of everything about how it is, you know, the coach of young kids and what it would take for them to come up now they, to be a great athlete on and off the field. You agree with that, Terry? I agree to the wholeheartedly. Definitely, and, and and what's so good about it, we get the we get it right from the coach's mouth, you know, Terry. Yeah. And those yeah. type of things, what me and you've been talking about, is we want to hear a coach side of what it's like, you know, every day, you know, having these kids teaching them, and 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 you know, the ones that you know should move on to be great, and then what it takes for them to be. What's your what's your thing on that, Terry? You know, it's it does help to get a coach's perspective because you're a parent or. You know, you're a fan, and, you know, you don't know all the goings-on um, behind the team or whatever, you know, they're trying to accomplish. And sometimes it's good to get a, a coach's perspective on things. And, and I know I have a lot of questions for them, so I don't know about you, Terry. We just got to load them up today. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think he's still on the line. You there, Ross Simmons? Well, he's not back on the line yet, Terry, so well, where are you still going on? But I want to get out there for the listeners and know, Terry, how is it out there fishing today? <laughs> it was wonderful. I am, uh, I'm trying to get service right now so I don't get hung up. Um, <laughs> it was a beautiful day in uh, Casper, Wyoming. Where I'm fishing at Pathfinder right now, Pathfinder Reservoir. Uh, we limited out before 1 o'clock today. I'm on, Jamie. Jamie. How many did you catch today? I caught six. Oh, that's it. That's not a good yep. day for you. You want 20, don't you? That was my limit. 
That is your living. Yeah, All right, Terry. We're always going to get the show started. Ross, are you back on the line? I am. All right, Ross. I have Terry Jackson on the line. Terry, me, Ross Simmons. How you doing, Ross? I'm very well, thanks, Terry. And yourself? Good, good. Like I was explaining to Terry, Ross, um, the thing about it is good to have you on there. You, you know, I had the fortune enough to play with you. You know, um, back in junior college, great up in Santa Rosa Junior College. Great to have you on the field, and great to have you off the field as a person that um, did something in my life to inspire me to do what I'm doing now. You know, and great parents you have. And uh, this is uh, we want me and Terry want your perspective. We got a bunch of questions for you about how it is being a father and then being a coach too. What it takes for these kids now that you on the field every day with them. And I know you coach your son. Am I right, Ross? Yeah, you are, James. I um I played the sport for 18 years. I um. I coached at the high school level. I've coached uh, professionally overseas in uh, London, Sweden, Italy, and Scotland, and um, now I'm coaching the youth. So football for me has been the majority of my life when it's all said and, said and done. And uh, in my opinion, if you were asking me, I'm in the perfect place right now. I'm coaching youth, something I've wanted to do. I'm coaching uh, the junior midgets. And uh, we've got a really good group of uh, of kids, and we're just having a fantastic time coaching uh, coaching your children. It, it, it's definitely a pleasure that I wish every parent would would experience. But um, there comes a fine line. Is one thing I would tell you, James, when it comes to coaching your own children. I've coached my kids in basketball. I've coached my kids in uh, football and in baseball. So. I'm pretty involved with everything they do. And uh, what, I, what I mean by there's a fine line is you can damage, and I've seen father-son relationships damaged um, on, on the ball field, really, in any sport, because a father coaches his, son, his own son differently. So what I have found the best, first off, first piece of advice I'd give if anybody is going to coach their own children, they haven't done so yet, is coach them every which way you can outside of practice. Um, at practices, the other coaches know that I don't discipline my son because I'll come down harder on him than what I normally would, and that's typically the way it goes in youth sport. And it becomes a fine line because you start, you start um, making your own child hate or regret the sport that they've joined. Um, so I do my coaching in the car and at home with my son. Whenever we're at practice, I don't um, give him a lot of direction because I've already given him all the direction. He knows the things that I expect of him. Um, but I want him to get another person's perspective on what he needs to do to improve. And we'll talk about those things after practice on our way home. It, it, it's a little bit easier than what most parents think. It, as opposed to coming down on your child, you're there to praise. You're a father first. You're a coach second. So one thing you don't want to do is damage the relationship and don't let athletics, sports, football, no matter what it may be, damage your relationship because that is something that is fun and it's great to do. And like I tell kids, I tell other coaches, it is a game. And the time that the father or the coach or the parent 
starts treating it any other way than a game, it's no longer a game for the child. Right. What do you think of that, Terry? That is so true. I'm just sitting here shaking my head up and down. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't believe it. That is that is so true. I told my kids, I said, I won't coach you guys. I said, I will not coach you. I said, because I will be too hard on you. I said, I will do everything else. I said, but I can't coach you. And my wife looked at me like I was crazy. This is when my kids were small. <laughs> and I said, I can't coach you. I, I, I won't coach my kids. And I haven't done that. And I've done exactly like you said. I mean, it's it's been at home or, you know, in the car or, you know, they'll come home and ask me this or ask me that. And I have to give them my perspective and, and show them my point of view. I, I can't believe it. That is so true. You know, it, it, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I have. I've, I've literally seen relationships damaged on the court or on the field. I, I don't know if you have, Terry, in, in your experiences. Um, I'm sure you even watch the other coaches on, the, on your opposing teams. It's, it, it's something that I don't want to look back on my life and think that I demoralized my son to the point where he didn't enjoy the game anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know I'm so intense that at, at this age, my boy is now, I know our, our relationship would be damaged. Because not a lot of people know themselves well enough to, to admit yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, 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 was, it was amazing. He didn't, you know, he didn't know what kind of athlete I was. You know, so as I'm coaching him up through the years, you know, he would just look at me and be like, okay, whatever. Well, then he gets into high school, and he his teachers are talking about me, and, and, oh, that's your dad? Well, did you know what your dad did this, and your dad did that? And I had my son coming home saying, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you tell me all of that? You know, and I said, well, if I would have told you, would it have made you listen to me more, <laughs> you know, or any better? But you it, know what? It's, this has been an amazing ride with, with, with him and, and, and Abriana. Um not coaching them, but coaching them you know, on the side, and, and it's been wonderful, and our relationship has, has strived, you know, just like you said, and I know that if, if I would have ever coached them on a team, you know, that, that, that would have been a catastrophe. You know what, but, Terry, I've Ralph, got two caveats to, cut, to, to what you off, Ralph, I have a question. What, what point as a coach or a father, when you know your son or your daughter has that tendency to play and to be great, but they're not bringing it out? What point do you go as a father to try and bring out, or as a, a or a coach to bring out that? Damn, I know he can, he's great, but he could be better if he. You know what I'm saying? What, what, where do you draw a line of that, as a coach or as a father? You know what I'm saying? Because one, you ain't his coach, you're father, but you want to try and coach him to bring that out. Do you understand the question? Oh, absolutely, and I would respond to that in a few different ways, James. First thing, okay. first and foremost, you're a father. Okay, you're a coach. And everything else, second. And you need to make sure you understand, that, as a father, that you realize your, what your responsibilities are. And I've made it pretty clear to my child, my responsibility as his father is to teach him to be a good person, teach him to have the right um, thought in mind with every decision he makes, and to, uh, to respect others as the way he wants to be treated and the last thing I tell him your fourth responsibility is to have fun and be a kid outside of that if 
no matter what else he does, that's the extra. I've done my job as a father if he's that person. And what I would tell you, when my son, both my children have played football, baseball, and basketball, more or less baseball and basketball for several years. My oldest just started playing football last year. Um, and you know what? He was the second fastest kid on the team. He's by far the tallest and probably overall the biggest kid on the team. He's, he's an amazing athlete, but you also got to understand that children and lots of them, they're almost like newborn colt, like a newborn horse that's kind of wobbly on his legs when he's first starting something, especially football. Football is unlike any other sport. Football is not something that you can take some wiffle balls out like you do in baseball and work on their hitting. The only way you truly learn how to hit physical contact is with physical contact. I've told my son, I can let you hit a bag and work with you on the bags, but you don't truly learn how to hit and protect yourself and do things properly unless you're physically doing it in football. It's unlike the other sports. Basketball, you can sit the free throw line all day and practice on your jump shots. You can't do that in football. You can work on your footwork, and you can go through mental conditioning, and you can work on your physical abilities, but a lot of it has to come with football with actually doing it in repetition over and over and over. My oldest son, last year was his first year. He um, he did a great job, but I couldn't get him to finish. What I mean by finish is he would come up as the safety as fast as you want a safety to come up, and he'd get himself in the perfect position. But just before the hit, he would stop. And instead of hitting and exploding through the individual, using your legs and your chest plate and the front face mask of your helmet, he would just kind of stop. And it did, I got so upset a few times, but I had to bite my tongue. Yeah. After that year, and he, he did, did a good job, but he just didn't finish, if you know what I mean by finishing. Yeah. He, this year, being his second year, he is starting to realize how big and how strong he is because he's also got another year of basketball under his belt, another year of baseball, and... He's starting to realize that he is, if he applies the things that he's taught, he's actually a lot better than most of the other children on the team. This year has been his wake-up year. He's actually in the drills. He is one of our top hitters this year, and it took me three practices, three practices of watching him to finally it sink in that, my God, this is my son. It's not just... One time, it's not, it is every time now he enjoys the contact. You just got, what I tell you is you just got to let a child mature. Your job as a coach is to feed that maturity and develop that maturity as it relates to the sport at hand. Right. Well, Ross, what are we going to do? I know, Terry, you got a question for him, but let us take a break real quick, and then that way we won't get cut off on it. But, you know, we'll take a quick break, then we're going to come back with Ross. We're going to tear you up today, Ross, so get ready. It's not going to happen, James. Let's go. I, me and Terry talk so much, and we go at each other, so it was good to have you as a coach on hand, plus <laughs> as a friend, I know you. But what we're going to do is we'll take a quick break. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, with my guest, Ross Simmons, always from California, and my main man, T. Jackson. From um, Castle Rock, we'll be right back. 
flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an Internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstandtenfootball.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving by hosting Loving That Sports Talk and I'll... Man, I mean, this show could probably go on all week, you know, but, you know, we got Ross Simmons on the show. We're going to really uh, go at it with him and a bunch of questions and get his side of it. And, you know, we got always T. Jackson, Terry Jackson. Uh, are you there, Terry? I'm here. Ro- I mean, I know you got a question for Ross before we went to break. Sorry about cutting you off, but, Ross, I know you're still there, right? Yes, I am. Okay, Terry, it's all on you, T. All right. Well, Ross, we were talking, you know, a little bit during the break about our kids and, and – uh, you know, and the importance of, of just letting them develop and, and, and not trying to do something because the father wants them to do it or the mother wants them to do it. Um, and then that's very important. Our kids have to make, make decisions on their own and, and not do sports or, or do an activity because the parent is pushing them. Todd Marinovich. Hello, Rob? Yeah, I'm here. You right there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, what was your question to him? I'm sorry. Oh, my question was to Ross was, is how important is it for for our kids to make their own decisions and, and, and not do stuff because the parents want to do it? I'd like to hear Ross talk a little bit more on that. Uh, you know what I, I would tell you is, um, it, like I was just telling you during the break, is um, I played football for 18 years, um, and I coached it 
for another eight years before, so a total of 20, 26 years of experience, and my children found out two years ago that I ever even played. I have kept everything hidden from them because I'm no longer that person. You know, today, I'm a working father that has two boys, and I accept that role a lot more than I did at being a linebacker because this is now my job. This is my sport is to raise my children. And um, if you understand what your role is and you accept that role as a parent and a father and a teacher of life, you'll also get a lot more sincerity out of your child, honesty out of your child, and development out of your child, not just physically, but mentally, because over time they learn. My children will tell you one thing, and that is this. If I ever tell them, if I ever make them a promise, and I tell them what happens when dad makes a promise, and they'll verbatim repeat back to you, you're always right. Because I've never been wrong anytime I've made my child a promise. And that promise sometimes, when it comes to sports, is if you do this, this will be the result. And you practice. Inspect what you expect. If you expect him to be able to catch the ball on a five-yard out, teach him how to position his hands for that five-yard out. And teach him what hip to drive off, off of when he's exploding off the line. That's one of the things that James taught me actually at the junior college was he was driving after one hip to get a defensive back's hip turned so he can break the other way. There's a lot of things that take place in football and in other sports than just most sports you'll find out are 20% or less athletic ability, strength, or speed and more so 80% or more mental. Putting yourself in the right position to do the right thing develops a, a success. Uh, Ross, I have a question. I don't know Terry here, but I'm going to um, jump in real quick. You know how when we played at junior college and we came in there and we were like well, freshmen, you say we had the sophomore. When you have a kid that's so, um, I mean, just so talented and developed, but they come in, they still got to work hard to even get better to the ones that's the sophomore because somebody always going to catch up to your ability, you know, where you at, right? But they still have to, that, they have to have that mentality. They work hard to get even better and better because, you know, like, they're great, you know, but they, they still need that push, you know, and that's what we have. I had that push when I was there, like I was telling you, you know, that was a, a freshman guy, you know. I mean, a sophomore guy, and I want to beat him off for a starting spot. That was my push. What do it takes to get a kid to find that push in them, you know, like what we had in Jukok? I know when you came in, you know, everybody's like, oh, he ain't going to be able to start and play and all like that, and look what you've done, you know, accomplished. What do it, it takes to find it in that kid? It's um, internal fortitude. You um, And what I tell the kids that I coach today is uh, I can't coach the want to. I can't, uh, the field, I can't coach you to want to make a hit or to shoot the shot or to aggressively go after a rebound. Those are things that you have to bring yourself. I can't coach that. And I make it very clear to every child 
this year, I've done it every year I've coached football, is if this isn't the right sport for you, that's okay. I won't be bummed out, and your teammates will not be bummed out if you decide that football isn't for you. But if you do decide it is, you've got to understand, and I lay it out the very first day of hitting because we go through what we call hell week of conditioning, and then the very next week it is live and in pads. Um, and we wean them along. You know, we separate the children to the first-year players, and I would recommend all coaches do that. Instead of getting a kid that has just put the pads on for the first time and it's his first day, don't have him going against your experienced players and your big hitters, you will ruin that child. We, I've made it a, a, a standard mindset that we go for at least two or three days and we separate them into our A group, our returners, our big hitters, and we know what they have. Our B players that we've seen in conditioning have good speed, seem a little bit aggressive. And then our C players are the ones that we're really not sure about because they're a little bit timid. And we don't assign them groups. We just separate them. I want this group over here, this group over here, and this group here. That's just the way we separate them. And for two days, they go through contact. The coaches that are assigned to that drill decide if your C becomes a B, and they'll shoot them over to us. When they send somebody over, we take them in the next group. And we also have to realize if the ones that we thought were Bs are Cs, we drop them down because we don't want to discourage them. Our job is to encourage them. And the players, your A group, the group that you're talking about, that's the group that should already have the want to because you've, you've seen them before. That group are the ones that you need to develop. Our quarterback last year rushed for 39 touchdowns. 39 touchdowns. He averaged over 200 yards a game. He is a phenom in our league. He is the best athlete on the field anytime you play. That kid, he comes in first every time we do sprints on every sprint. He comes in first when we run a mile before we start prep. Right after we get done with warm-ups, we run a mile. He is the hardest worker, he is the hardest hitter. He goes 100% all the time. An individual like that is the one that you take and you start refining. You don't just teach him how to throw. You teach him how, when he takes the snap, how to give the good fake because that fake through a dive hole is allowing him an extra half a second or an extra second of a read that a linebacker is going to bite on if he, we decide to bootleg him or we decide to drop him back. We teach him, hey, on your third step, on a three-step drop, it's a pop step. You pop off your back foot, and then you explode forward. Your front foot goes in the direction you want the ball to land when it hits the receiver, not at the receiver because you'd be throwing behind him, but in front of him. You know, So it's things like that. Take, for example, this last game. I had that child every practice throw 30 times the fade route from the 15 in. I told him I wanted him to be able to just know which receiver was out there and he would be able to close his eyes and throw it with the right loft and everything else for it to land. It's that fine-tuning, that type of fine-tuning that the children that have the want to and you know they can do something extra 
and they can pursue this uh, this sport for long after high school years because he's that good. Those well, are the ones that that's, that's 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 that we're missing out here uh, in in Wyoming. Is, is the coaching that you're talking about right now? You know, I've I've we James and I have sat and talked about it and. We've looked at, uh, at at a lot of our athletes and, and and guys that could be really really good are just never developed. You know, um, well, how, how can you explain that as a coach? How how could you not uh, see an athlete who can who can go farther and you not take that athlete and develop him? Just like you're talking. I mean, that's just awesome. Well, a lot of coaches have the hard time, and here's where the problem comes in is they have a hard time not showing favoritism to that special player. What they'll do is they'll, all of a sudden, the other kids are going to start looking at it as, you know what, he spends all of his time with him. You can do it and do it. In sh- we, make, we make it known that when we do a talk, we talk for no longer than three minutes when we explain a drill. And we time ourselves. One coach is the, is the gatekeeper during every discussion because after three minutes the kids are going to lose interest they stay interested by repetitively going through the motions and actively doing a drill keep them involved you can develop a player when it's his turn to go go you don't have to give the other players that same advice so it doesn't look like you're showing favoritism mm-hmm. yeah well i tell you i would i would really love to see a lot more of that. We, we, we've had some great athletes out here, um, but I don't, I don't feel that they have been coached up. And that's, you know, that's kind of disheartening. Uh, our college out here doesn't even, doesn't even look at, it, at a lot of our kids out here, you know, because they haven't been coached up. There's a lot of teams in our league that it's sad to say I see that. I've, I've seen other coaches treat a child's injury on the field in a manner that he shouldn't be treated. Um, or treating for the wrong thing. It's um, all I'd tell you is whatever league you're in, if you put a large emphasis on your selection process of your coaches, we fill out. We in order to even be a coach, we have to fill out a resume, and we get and we go through an interview process to be a coach. So you have to interview before the board and explain your experience. You, you know, it's that's the way. It's you can't just come in and have kind of watch football a lot on TV and read some books and now you're going to explain it. Uh huh. I'm sure we've all had those coaches. We've yeah. all had those coaches. You know, through our years. Ross Terry, hold that thought. We we'll, we'll, we'll take a bit of break. When we come back, we're gonna finish that. Oh, well, you, what, you know, you asked him, Terry, what y'all say about that, but. This is um, James Lovey with another uh, Loving That Sports Talk. We got my guest, Ross Simmons, and my man, Terry Jackson, on the show. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. 
It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're hooked up with loving that sports talk James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, like I said, host of another Loving That Sports Talk. And now, uh, it's great to have, you know, uh, Ross Simmons, a uh, a father, a coach, and a player of the game of football. And, and, and the thing that we were talking about during the break is very interesting. I'd like to get that on the air, you know. Um, Terry, you asked Ross a question. Um, go ahead. Well, I basically was asking him, you know, about the our coaches developing our kids. And, you know, it seems that my experience here this past few years is our kids are quitting or they're they're checking out, as as Ross would say. Because of the coaching, it's either it's either they're they're foul or they're mean, or they're they're just trying to win. They're trying to turn around the season right now in you know in in, in one game or or one week of practice, and and that's not going to happen. And I think Ross, a lot of it is, is is they quit teaching our kids fundamentals. Now I understand playing midget football, and then you go to junior high, and then you play college or high school, and then you go on to college. You still have to coach and teach fundamentals because aside of college, you're dealing with some kids that, that haven't even played very much, you know, and, and, and their, their skills have diminished. You still have to, to concentrate and teach these kids fundamentals and, and, and keep them upbeat about playing the, playing the game. Do you agree with that? Oh, you know what? It's, it's, it's just, it's, and for all the listeners out there, it is just a taste of reality is what Terry just said. And um, as a parent, if you see this happening, if, and I make sure the parents know, you know what, I might ride your child harder than they've ever been ridden, but I'll also tell you this, no one cares. You'll be hard fought to find a coach that cares as much about your child 
in his development as I do. You coach your children, and you coach the children as individuals. It's a team sport, but it's a team of 11 individuals that you're going to have to field on game day. And the only way you're going to get the best out of those 11 is understanding what it's going to take to get and what, what they're going to react to from the best of their ability as a team. Some players, I get the best out of them if I ride them a little bit. What's the Why would you be doing this? You know what you just did. And all of a sudden, I call it the switch. A switch will flip in that individual, and all of a sudden, they'll play out of their skin. Other kids, if you talk to that way, they'll go on a shell. Absolutely. I mean, Russ, you got to know your kids, don't you? you got to know how you can talk to one of them. Some kids one of them might be box. able to grab by the helmet and holler at him. The other one, you might have to pat him on the back and, and, and talk nice and calm to him. You agree with that? Hey, with some children, you need to be the hammer, and with some children, you need to be the nail. You know what I mean? It's, you gotta, it's just like when you're coaching kids, as I told you just before the break ended, is if you don't have a lot of weight or a lot of strong, big kids on your team, why would you run a five-man front? I mean, I've created a 26 defense where I'm going two defensive linemen, and I'm running six linebackers because I got a lot of good open field tacklers. Uh-huh. You know what? Look at what you have. I don't care what the sport is. Speed, weight, strength, great hitters, great shooters from the outside. Develop a game plan that's going to get you the best results from the individuals you have. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. what? I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know the show's got to be great. I got a little tech. We got a mystery caller on the line. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I, I think that that philosophy works well. I, I think what you got to do also is you've got to ask the kids. They're the ones that are out there on the field. Sometimes we get caught up coaching and uh, drawing X's and O's and haven't been in the game in a while. And some of us uh, wish we were in the game. Like uh, uh, Mr. Loving, he used to wish he was in the game a lot. <laughs> but uh, he just wouldn't come work out. He he was afraid to run the hill. He was afraid to drink his noni juice. You know, he was just. Uh, but he's he was he's a good guy though. <laughs> he's somebody you want to have on the field with. You. <laughs> well, you you know what the missing call? You know, uh, it's, it's got place. Uh, Ron, you should know the guy. Chuck can really play, really play against. Sex City? That's me. <laughs> Who is it? Chuck Kimbrough. Remember Chuck? Who's oh, that? my gosh. <laughs> what are you Who's, doing? Who's that, Craig? No, this That's is Ross. Ross Simmons. Ross. Whoa, what's going on? How are you? I thought, when I heard you talking, I was like, my God, somebody else knows or must have lived with James like I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. He would just show up. He would just show up and catch a touchdown, and then go straight to McDonald's. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. I got you now. I didn't. I didn't know that about you. You didn't tell me that, love. That you, you didn't work. <laughs> James, I don't even know how James used to put catch that on the air. Those little short <laughs> He wanted to take credit. He wanted to be on the dance floor. <laughs> the only receiver I knew that had to drink a big gulp with two hands because it would fall out of one, but he can catch the hell out of a football. <laughs> now that's, right. that's for sure. That's for sure. Did you hear what we were talking about? Yeah. 
What's your perspective on that? About the kids? Yeah, I mean, it's like a parent, you know, trying to get the kids, you know, to play, but really, you don't, you know, how do you bring that out of them? Well, you know, it's, it's, it, there's something going on that the kid isn't wanting to play. I mean, it, it, it it's not just confidence. It, it's, it's, um, the kid trying to find his identity. And, and mo- a lot of parents, you know, having coached myself, a lot of parents are trying to live through their kids and, you know, that's not what they, uh, that's not the right motivation. You know, all kids like to get out, run and catch and play and, you know, do things on their own time. Uh, but I think it's the stimulation that's coming, uh, uh, coming toward the child that really prevents them from, you know, that, that really creates a timid child. You know, you gotta let them get out there and see and, 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 and I think it's a part of the responsibility of coaches to, uh, to uh, uh, put that out in the coaching network and say, hey, you know, this parent is going to cause this kid to get hurt because the kid really doesn't want to want to be there. And, and like I say, I, in all my years of coaching, I, I knew what I was doing or I thought I did, and, and we won a lot of games. Uh, but I, it always boiled down to me talking to the kids and asking them, hey, what do you think about Johnny over there? You know, what's, what's up with Joey? Yeah, he doesn't look like he want to be here. And he flat out say, well, coach, he's scared. He don't want to be here. He's just here because his dad or his mom or his brother is here. So, oh my God, my God. You, are so, you are so right. You, you know what? Thank you so much for saying what you just said. And for any listeners out there, if you are a parent and your child is playing, hopefully at some point you have a regular check-in with your child, meaning at least every other week you are asking, hey, is, how do you like this? Is this something you want to do? Because if the child is doing it for you, it, it, I, I had an experience earlier this year during uh, our first week of hitting. A child kept getting hurt for the very first three days. Fourth day he shows up and he doesn't want to do Every time there's a hitting drill, he gets hurt or he isn't in. I went and asked him, how are you, how are you today? He goes, uh, I, my arm hurts. And I said, okay, can you move it? And I went through the, you know, the checklist and he, I felt he was okay. I said, well, your arm's going to be okay. You can get in this drill. He says, oh, and coach, I don't have my cup and I, I, I don't want to hit without a cup. <laughs> Knowing that the feeling I had in my stomach, I said, and I, I didn't have an extra cup. No coaches carry them, and I, but I did. I, I told him, you know what? I have an extra cup here in the bag that so you can get in this drill. And I took one step towards that bag, and I looked back at that child, and that child started getting tears in his eyes. And I walked over to him, and I said, you really don't want to hit, do you? He goes, no, coach. And I said, okay. And I will tell all coaches this, praise in public and discipline in private. Absolutely. If you're going to jump a child, do it one-on-one, pull them to the side. If you're going to a child, they did a great job, do it out in the open so everyone can hear. I, after that practice, I went to the child's parents, and I said, here's what happened. Here's the look I see on your child's face, and it affected me as a coach. It, it broke my heart. And I'm asking you this, is this something your child really wants to do because I don't want them to regret making this decision for the rest of the, for the next three months. 
Yeah. And coaches, please have that conversation and please don't be a field coach. Do things off the field with the parents and have discussions with them if you feel something like that is going on. What do you think? I got a question. Love, I don't mean to cut you off, but this question is going to sound like use about a minute, and then and then I really want to hear what you have to say about this, Ross, and Love, and everybody else that's on. Chuck, Chuck, um, when your players are, are are playing football, and they're just not feeling it, they're not feeling the coach, things are just going wrong. Uh, you get in the game one time, you're starting, and the next time the coach takes you out and you don't even get in the game. Um, you get in the game, you're, you're good enough to play when they need you, but when they don't need you, they're, you know, you're, you're sitting on the sidelines. How do you, as a parent, tell your kid and keep him motivated to want to play the sport, whether it's basketball, football, soccer, volleyball, baseball, I don't care. Do you not think that it's a coach's responsibility to get everybody some time to play? Because everybody needs time for development. But it's, it's, it's really difficult to find a reason or find an excuse to say for a kid to say, this is why you've got to keep doing this when this kid keeps getting his face rubbed in the dirt. I've, I've, I've seen this time and time again. Can anybody help me? Go ahead, Chuck, first, and then Rob. What's that? Well, let me put it this way real quick. When we, we've seen it all the time because, you know, that's just part of the game, it, number one. Number two, uh, it just goes to show you no matter what part of the country, what part of the world we're in, uh, people are all the same. And until they've had proper instruction, they've had proper um, coaching, instruction, understanding, the confidence doesn't come until they are confident in their ability to do what it is that they're being asked to do. And so I I take it, you know, I I, want to look back and say, in all my years, it we can remember that one coach who took time without and helped us really understand. Now, we may not have been the best one, but we always could go back to that one day, that one hit, that one tackle, that one play, where we as individuals felt good the first time and it carried over. But if we had some of those disciplinarians, those coaches who were trying to live their dream of what they couldn't do, but they just knew how to talk about doing, those were the things that, those are the guys that crushed the spirits of these young people. And, and if, we, if we really could uh, set a, a coaching police out there, a skill police, and go to all the, the Pop Warners and the little Junior Pee Wee uh, events to see, you know, we have coaching clinics and so forth, but I still don't think that that does enough justice because you have more people out there that are coaching via intimidation instead of instruction and edification. Yeah, I call it coaching from fear, you know, fear coaching. Yeah. And and, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's, 
I mean, I see it in some of the schools, you know. Uh, I don't want to get into uh, any particular conference other than the CIAA. <clears throat> um, but uh, there are some coaches out there, man, that, uh, that uh, they need to revisit uh, coaching clinics and instruction uh, because uh, this is an integral part into the lives of these young men who will be shaped by these uh, series of events for the rest of their life. Yeah. Whether they, whether they become, uh, as, as Buck uh, Dicker used to say, if they don't bite when they pups, they're not going to bite. Right. <laughs> well, I think all pups bite because they all have teeth. Yeah. But it's, it's how you get them to bite, you know, if they're biting out of fear or they're biting out of confidence. Yeah. I just think that, that a lot of them forget what development is and what development means. And it just seems like it, it goes by the wayside. You know, uh, we, we, we talked a little earlier on the show, development is, is, is teaching kids fundamentals, getting them mentally prepared in order to do a task with that, that you want them to do. And, and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really disheartened because I've, I've experienced a lot of it that it's just not happening out here, at least around here. Well, uh, Chuck Ross, you know, me and Terry uh, talk a lot, and we got a question. I know you might know Chuck, and, and you too, Ross, coming out of Santa Rosa, small town. Chuck, you've been to Wyoming. You know how Casper is. Why is it that these small towns, like, just not building these athletes? Because you have great athletes, but they're not building up to go to that next level. Why are they not doing that? Because it always seems to happen in these little small towns. Why is that happening? Well, I, I think it. Well, I would say first that um, anytime you compare kids to other kids, you compare one athlete to this guy. He he's going to be the next, you know, um, uh, Adrian Peterson, or he's going to be the next uh, Ray Lewis, or whomever it is. You you it, it's like for a split second you take the you take the young person's uh, eye off of who he is. Yeah, there might be some similarities or some 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 uh, styles in uh, uh, the way they uh, approach the game or the way they run the ball. I mean, heck, we could go back to uh, when Love played when they were wearing leather helmets and he folded it up, and put it in his back pocket. You know, he he he, uh, he ran routes like you know uh, Newt Rockney or somebody. I don't know, but. Uh, when you when when you get to these small towns and you know a lot of times you have folks who just aren't as confident as where uh, where they where they're coming from they want to try and relate to someone in the big city or someone outside of their market and uh they do themselves they do their programs a, dis- a disservice simply because um, they need to be who they are, build confidence on that, because there are several small mining towns and other uh, organ, uh, 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 small towns that are developing some great athletes that are ending up in these uh, uh, four-year schools that are contributing uh, on a ma- in a major way. And I guarantee if you, you looked at them and interviewed them, there'd be one common denominator, and that is that they were confident in who they are as a person, as a player, and then they saw similarities or someone else saw similarities in their play to someone else. But it wasn't the individual himself who, you know, because most time you interview a stud or a top player, you know, 
all they do, all they knew was that they didn't want to win. They didn't want to lose. They just wanted to win more than they wanted to lose. And, and to try and equate them or try and relate them to a player, compare them to a player, they would probably say, nah, you know, that's just how I do it. That's just how I do. And, and that's what you would find common in each one of those guys. Do you agree with that or disagree, Ross? Um, I, I definitely agree. I think um, when it comes to um, the player selection, the reason they go um, to the bigger cities is because, you know, you know, first and foremost, I'd say population. You have a lot more individuals to take a look at or to um, evaluate than you do in, in a smaller city. You know, it's, and I'd say a lot of it would be predicated on what you're looking for as a program. Um, if you're looking, you know, for a running back, wide receiver, speed guy, you know, you'd find that in places like Florida, California, um, New York. You're looking for, you know, a great lineman. It's smash mouth football back south. You know, you're looking at the Carolinas, Alabamas, Oklahomas, um, Ohio, Chicago. You know, you're. Is that fair for the smaller towns that have those same athletes that you're not looking at, Rob? Is that you fair? You know what? But what I would tell you is this, James, is if that athlete and all the children out there that happen to be listening, if you are. If you are devoted and you are definite, this is your sport and this is what you want to do. As I told you before, it needs to be the want to. Don't sell yourself short because you're from a small town. Don't let that stop you. Parents, if there's a bigger league or a better league that you think your child can be developed better, don't be afraid to drive an extra 20 miles look at other parents that happen to be commuting to another league. Why are they doing that? You know, it's there's leagues that are going under, there's leagues that are out there and they're strong, and they have those types of coaches. It's And once again, children, don't give up and don't sell yourself short on your aspirations because of your location or your geography. If it's something you want to do, work at it. Develop your skill. I, I can, that's you know what James it, it, that's a tough one to, to answer I, I definitely agree with uh, what was said I'd also tell you you know what there are this is not the 60s and 70s with the leather helmets like you used to play in James it, <laughs> people are, actually small towns are, are starting they're being developed and the kids are being looked at um, it just, you know what, as a parent, don't be afraid to assist in your child's development as it relates to their, um, their promotability of getting their name out there. You know what I mean? Take him to the rec centers. Develop your child while you're at home. Take him to a different league or a more aggressive league or a bigger league if it's within driving distance. Work with the other parents on who's in your area. You know, you can work out a uh, commute schedule. There's there's a there's a lot of children on our team. We have at least 10 kids on our team that travel from more than 40 miles out to come to play for our team. 
and we had to actually turn away kids this year that were coming from other teams to our program um, because our roster was already filled. You know, and, and it's just go to the teams that your child's going to be developed at. If you see as a parent your child's not being developed and it's hindering him more than helping him, seek to go elsewhere. Yeah, Ross, that, that's wonderful. That speaks a lot for you and, and your program, and, and I think that's great. You know what? The people that run our program, it's, it, it was a local family, and they de- they developed this program and got and developed their own this conference um, just because their child was playing for a team in our town that was the dark horse that you just spoke of. I mean, the coaches, the way they coached, the way they did everything, it was a corrupt league financially. Um, and they went out and they did this on their own. And we do fundraisers where everyone in the league is involved. And we coach and we develop and we preach from day one that the Warriors are a family, not just in on the field, but outside the field as well. We are a family. When a, something tragic happens to a family, the league and all the parents, we pitch in to let those... You know what, Ross? Up, we only got 20 seconds close, but I definitely like... We'll continue this next week on the show. I know, like you say, we could do it again. So definitely we'll continue this next week. But I'd like to thank my guest, Ross Simmons from Santa Rosa, California. Thank you, Ross. And Chuck Kimber from Oakland, California. Oh, Chuck, he talked about me with a leather hammer, but next week show we'll talk about what he used to wear. You know, and <laughs> definitely Terry Jackson from Gasper, Wyoming. Thanks hey, for being on Loving That Sports Talk. My pleasure. And we'll see you next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.